Hi, everyone. It is Reverend Molly at a common sense approach to the Bible. Before we get started, as is my custom for you guys, let me pray for you. Holy Father, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over everyone listening to this podcast. Father, I ask that you give them one thing that they didn't have before they tuned in that will help their lives individually, among their family, and among what you're asking them to do for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' holy name, I ask and pray. Amen. Today, I want to talk about faith. And years ago, the Holy Spirit gave me an acronym, FAITH. Firm Assurance in the Holy One. In the last podcast we did, we talked about having faith. Can you actually stand on your faith? And if you'll recall, you know, I gave the um, analogy of standing on a cardboard box. And if I said to you, stand on a cardboard box, you'd look at me and go, Molly, you're crazy. All it's going to do is fall through. But when you're standing on your faith and God asks you to stand on a cardboard box, you're not going to fall through. He's going to keep you lifted up and you'll be able to actually see your faith in action. You know, you have one person to please on this earth with your faith. And it's not anyone else but God. It's not man. It's not church setting. It's not your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's God. We need to learn faith. Years ago, and I'm not going to name the individual who preached this message but they preached on exercising your faith. And I'm like, wow, how do you do that? How do you do that when you can't see it? Hebrews 1, 11, 1 teaches us. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And, you know, as I've said before, Hebrews chapter 11 is like the big faith chapter of our icons in the faith who did miraculous things for God. Faith is a substance. So it is tangible. You can sink your teeth into it, but you can't see it. For example, we, those of us who follow Jesus Christ, we believe there is a heaven. And we need to believe there's a hell too. We can't see it. Yet by faith, something in our hearts testify to us. It bears witness. This is real. When I die, I'm either going to go to heaven or I'm going to go to hell. That's how you must grasp faith, this substance of faith. So let me give you a real tangible um, expression 
of standing on your faith. And I could give you many. I've cited so many in the stained glass window, which is a free ebook at jesuswithoutthejunk.com. And I can tell you, if you're in your beginning of your walk with Jesus, or if you're in the middle, or even if you're at the end, it's pretty stunning what the Lord had me walk through to prove that faith was real. He knew he was going to end up using my very big mouth to tell others what he'd done through me. It's never what I've done, but it's what prompted by the Holy Spirit I believed by faith and walked through it and he always showed up on the other side. So I divinely got a job at this very upscale hair salon in Wilmington, North Carolina. It's no longer there. And I got a job doing fingernails. I was the second nail technician there. And of course, it took me a while to build up any clientele. And I did that. I was steadfast. I went in every day and I paid a very small, like $75 a week in rent. And then I cleaned the hair shop every Saturday, which housed like eight or nine hairdressers. It was a huge shop um, and two nail technicians with a pedicure room. So I cleaned the shop for another 75, which, you know, the rent was 150 a week. And I was blessed to be able to do that. And then there came a a time where I was given a larger area in the hair shop. Hey, why don't you move over to this larger area across from the, from the bathroom? And that lasted several months. And I never shrunk back from talking about Jesus. Never like ever. And from what I understood, the people in there believed in Jesus. You know, I think a lot of them did. There were some, I think, who maybe were teetering or maybe weren't sure. But I never stopped talking about Jesus. And then there came a season where the owner came up to me and said, I'm going to need your space for another hairdresser. So we're going to have to move you into this closet area or I'm just going to have to let you go. Because I really wouldn't stop talking about Jesus. So... I went home, I knelt at the altar of the Lord, I sobbed, and I'm like, how am I supposed to function in this tiny little closet? And I can tell you that the word of the Lord to me was, dust yourself off, brush yourself off, pick yourself up, and I want you to keep walking through this. Go in there as if nothing had happened, and keep a smile on your face. Okay, so I reluctantly did it with an ache in my stomach. I didn't feel good about any of this. Something was wrong. And all the while, I had been pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over this hair salon. Little did I know at the time when I was doing this, like this really was a battlefield for the Lord. So I move into this closet with a curtain that would, you know, shut. And my customers still kept coming. They didn't stop. They didn't quit and they'd say, wow, this always feels like a bigger room to me. Wow, you'd never know this. This was just such a closet. So I functioned in there and I learned how to adjust to the space that I had and I kept going. And it wasn't too long after that, that the owner popped his head in and said, the other nail technician is leaving 
and you can have her space. It was a really pretty space with a picture window and there was a pe- its own pedicure room and it was it was going to be a really big nice step up. But you can't clean the shop anymore for your rent and I will give you 2 weeks of free rent and then you start have to you need to start paying me 150 a week in cash for the space. So I sat there dumbfounded and I thought, now what? So I went home. I knelt at the altar of the Lord. I started sobbing because I could hardly make the rent as it was 75 a week. I could hardly eat like I was buying budget. I think they were called budget gourmet TV dinners at food line. They were a dollar a piece and I was using them. I was eating. That's what I was eating for dinner. So it was made very clear once again, you need to go in there. You need to wash your face. You need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you need to keep walking by faith. I'm with you. So I went in there and I said, I'm going to take the space. I had to give him a decision. Okay. But it's going to be 150 a week. Okay. And I know that he was counting on me leaving because he had already um, admonished me several months before. He took me outside and he said, you have to stop talking about Jesus. And I thought, I'm not going to stop talking about Jesus. He saved me. I know he's real. I'd had a vision of the Lord prior years ago. I knew he was real. I wasn't going to stop talking about Jesus. We were individual contractors. I was paying rent there for my space. And I felt you can't tell me what to do here. I wasn't being, you know, hard headed or mouthy or anything like that to him. But I thought I'm not going to stop talking about Jesus. So I went home and continually stayed at the altar of the Lord. The Lord brought customers, more customers. And he gave me a vision of this really neat uh, mural on the wall in the pedicure area to put all my prices and what I offered. People loved it. The other loved it. People started seeing how I cleaned my area and kept it clean. And wow, the other nail technician didn't do that. And I didn't say anything. He, they saw how I was being nice um, to customers. You know, I had learned years ago um, in Colossians 3, 23 and 24. You know, it teaches all of us that Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not to men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. So I had learned years ago as unto the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, but he's not only my shepherd, but he's my owner. He's my manager. And I'm going to let them see Jesus through my actions. It's imperative in the day, especially in the days in which we live. So then even those who had talked about me and dogged me and wanted me out of that shop started coming over and sitting at my nail table and talking. And I'm like, wow, this is weird. And all I had to do was keep my mouth shut, not mouth off at anyone, but take all of my grievances 
to the Lord at the altar and explain to him what was being done. And then that way, I always knew if I needed readjusting in my own mind, the way I was perceiving a situation, he would be faithful to me to do that. But I got up every day by faith, not even knowing where my rent money was coming from, where my food money was coming from. And I never, ever missed a single payment. Then the owner came in this next season, about two weeks. He get, he went around to everyone in the shop and said, I'm closing the shop in two weeks. So I sat there thinking, oh my gosh, now what? Well, it ended up that I got like four different job offers. I prayed about it. I went home. Lord, what do you want me to do? I was very conflicted about going to another salon. There was a really upscale, even more so than this one, salon, really contemporary avant-garde that was opening up. And, you know, most all the hairdressers were going there. There were a few that were going to another one. And the uh, one of the men came over to me and said, I've talked to the owner at the salon and he wants you to come and work for him. I told him about your work, how excellent you are, what kind of worker you are. And I went home and I prayed and fasted about it. And by faith, I believed that I was told, give it 30 days. Just tell all your clients. And I had some really, uh, you know, very high end clients, very wealthy in their lives. Um, and that it's like, tell them all that you're going to go to your apartment. You're going to do them out of your apartment for 30 days. So you're not just jumping off this cliff again. Because I have always felt like I made rash decisions and rash choices. And I was determined that I wasn't going to do that anymore in my life. So I did that and I told them all. And they all started coming to my apartment. And I I just stayed there and I kept doing nails there. And this was in April of 2005. And of course, today is 2020. But it enabled me by faith to see every single step of this journey where he had taken me, you know, for the last several years, he was with me every single step of the way. But the deal was, was that I couldn't deny him. I couldn't, you know, bow down to man. I couldn't um, deny my Lord and Savior who had brought me through so much hell that I knew he was real. What a battlefield it was. And God deemed it, you know, He did thy kingdom come and thy will be done in that situation. But I stood on my faith. So that's a practical application of always, you know, the anchor of my soul in Hebrews 6, 19, hope anchors me. It's always anchored me. No matter how depressed or oppressed I felt, there was always that hope. God's still with me. You have to get up, shut up, keep walking by faith, work and do what you know how to do. And he's going to be there for you. So no matter what happened, I had faith in God and I knew I'd always get to the other side if I stayed steadfast and I didn't gripe and complain. And, you know, why are you making this happen? I mean, I I certainly there were times in my early walk with Christ. I would certainly say that. But my job was to keep going, 
to wash my face, put a smile on my face and believe that God was with me as long as I was faithful to do my part. It's not easy. Walking by faith is not easy. If you've ever done it, you know what I'm talking about. If you've never done it, you need to go to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit, please teach me to walk by faith. For you say in your word, without faith, it is impossible to please you. When I grasped that one scripture, I knew once I got that without faith, it's impossible to please God that you must believe he exists and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek his face. You have to diligently go after God. He's not just going to give you a bunch of stuff without you doing your part. And I can tell you right now, I'm in a season of having come off of another battle that just really has almost knocked me down again. But I know by faith, it is my job to get up every morning and put him first. I get up about six o'clock in the morning, sometimes a little earlier. I let myself wake up. I have my coffee and then I go right into prayer because if I can keep him first in my life, I know he'll be faithful to do what I can't do. The father wants to love us and he wants the best for us, but he is not just going to shower it down on us. He's not a God like that. Walk by faith and you can have that firm assurance in the Holy One. And when you stand on your cardboard box, he's going to be there to keep you on it and you're not going to fall through. If you have any questions about walking by faith, please go ahead and email me at jesuswithoutthejunk.com. God bless you so much. This is Reverend Molly at A Common Sense Approach to the Bible. Getting real so you can get what you need. I'm already doing that. In Jesus' holy name, I pray over this message, Father, for your children. In Jesus' name, amen.